Pentecost. Somebody say Pentecost. Now, it was the, the, the feast of Pentecost has several names. One of the names is the feast of the weeks. Or for the Hebrew people, they call it the Shavuot. Hallelujah. The feast of the week, the Shavuot, the feast of the harvest, and the latter first fruits. They are all name of the feast of Pentecost. You know, the feast of Pentecost is among the major feasts. We call it, we, they call it the feast where all the male in Israel, wherever they are, must come and present themselves before the Lord in Jerusalem. Pentecost is one of them. Three major feasts, and Pentecost is one of them. And uh, the feast of Pentecost is a joyful celebration. Amen? It's a joyful celebration. It's a time of giving thanks and presenting offering of a new grain of a summer wheat harvest in Israel. If you read the Bible in Exodus, uh, in Leviticus, yes, Leviticus 23, verse 15 to 16, you will see that. Hallelujah. Now, it's celebrated 50 days after Passover. 10 days after Ascension. You know, all this is symbolic. And there's a meaning in all this, but I won't go into all the meanings. So it's a feast that is celebrated 50 days after Passover. And 10 days after Ascension. Hallelujah. It's in that time that God chose for the Holy Spirit to come. Hallelujah. Listen, the Holy Ghost made his grand entrance on Pentecost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost made his entrance on Pentecost. Now, Jesus made the, the promise to the disciples. In the book of Acts chapter number 1 verse 5, he said, John baptized with water. But in few days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. There is a similitude between the baptism with water and the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He said, John baptized with what? Talk to me. John baptized with? But in few days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, I hear people say <laughs> that the Holy Ghost came because the disciples came together, they prayed, 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 and the Holy Ghost came. It's a lie from Satan. No prayer can bring the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you that? There is no prayer that can bring the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came at the appointed time. It was not the 10 days of the disciples that brought the Holy Spirit eh? We're going to break that lie. Then you go in to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because people has, have put you under the yoke of those 10 days. They were preparing their hearts. And then when their hearts were ready, the Holy Ghost came. Who told you so? Say to your neighbor, who told you? Hallelujah. You see, Jesus could not 
couldn't be crucified in another feast. Jesus had to be crucified on Passover to embody the lamb of sacrifice. So Jesus was not sacrificed. Jesus was not crucified because they, they caught him that day. No. No, 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 no. It was not the hatred of people that caught Jesus. Jesus was arrested because it was the appointed time. So they couldn't arrest him before that time. They tried, but they couldn't. They tried to throw stones at him. Nothing. Because it was not the appointed time. So Jesus came to embody the Lamb of God who was crucified. So at Passover, when the Lamb was being slain, Jesus was being crucified. He was the, he was the, 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 the manifestation of God's offering for the salvation of us. The same way for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could not come before that Pentecost. No. He couldn't. The reason why he couldn't is because the Holy, the Holy Ghost came to manifest the first fruit of a new creation. Remember, Pentecost was the offering of a later first fruit of a harvest, of a wheat harvest. So it came on that day to show the first fruit of a new creation. Hallelujah. So it was not the prayer of a disciple that brought him. When you understand that, when you understand that principle, you will be blessed. Hallelujah. It's not the readiness of the apostles. It was God's readiness. Hallelujah. It was not the readiness. I want you to say that. It was not the readiness of the apostle. It was the readiness of God. Remember, in Acts chapter number 2, they say, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. What we are talking about, the fullness of the day of Pentecost, because it's in that fullness that God manifested himself. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost didn't come because they were too ready. No. It came because they had believed in Jesus. Hallelujah. So, let me show some of the symbolism that are in there. There were 120 in the upper room. Hallelujah. There could have been 104. There could have been 18 people or 12. Why 120? Listen, there are symbolism in all this. Why 120? I want us to read Acts chapter number 1, verse 15, so that we can get some scriptures going on. Acts chapter number 1, verse 15. Uh, we're warming up. Acts 1, 15. Okay. One, two, three. And in those days, 
Peter stood up in the midst of a disciple. All together, the number of names was 120. It's fine. 120 is a very symbolic number. Do you understand that? I want you to hear me. 120 is symbolic. 120 symbolize or indicate the passing from the life of the flesh to the life of the spirit. Read Genesis chapter number 6 verse 3. Genesis 6 3. 120 is the length of the life of the flesh. Genesis 6 3. Let's go there. Genesis chapter number 6 verse 3. Genesis chapter number, let's read, okay. Genesis chapter number 6, verse 3. I see here something, 1. Okay. 1, 2, 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Do you understand that? So 120 is the end of a life of a flesh. So God made sure there were 120 people in the upper room to symbolize that you are passing from the flesh to the spirit. Ah. So, so God is telling them that the spirit of God has come and is going to move you from your fleshy habits into your spiritual realm. So the Holy Ghost is the end of the flesh. That's why the Bible says, if you live by the flesh, you shall die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the, de- the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. The Holy Ghost is the end of the flesh life. If you say, my flesh is troubling me, get into the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. I say, get into the Spirit. If you are in the flesh, you will struggle. But if you acquaint yourself with the Holy Ghost, you will not struggle. If you live according to the flesh, you shall die. But according to the spirit, you shall live. Hallelujah. The promise of the Holy Ghost. Listen, the Bible says, I want us to read again Acts chapter number 1 verse 5. And I want to show you the wordings. You know, I like exegesis. I teach exegesis. It means that it's the art of studying scriptures, placing scripture in its context so that we can understand. And the Jesus also tells us about the art of, of the language in which it was written. So let's read uh, Acts 1.5. I want to show you something there. Acts chapter number uh, 1 verse 5. It said, John, truly baptized with, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember, God didn't talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No. He talked about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism with, there's a big difference. Because water was the element in which John baptized the people. So with the baptism, 
with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit becomes the substance in which you are baptized. And, and the Holy Ghost does not baptize you. No. Jesus baptized you with the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Come on now. You know why we are messed up? It's because of terminology. We are asking, oh, Holy Spirit, please baptize me. He will not do that. Jesus is the one that baptized you. Oh, you don't check what I'm saying. Don't you know what I'm saying? Some of you are praying for the Holy Ghost to baptize you and you have 10 years without that. That's why people cry for 10 years, it does not come. And then when once it comes, they teach those wrong things. You must fast, you must pray wrong. It's a gift. If I have to cry for the gift, it's not a gift anymore. If I have to strive for a gift, it's not a gift anymore. A gift is a gift. So I want to tell you tonight, hey, before we go home, if you are not baptized, you can receive it because it's a gift. It's a gift. Hallelujah. Let's read what God says about that. Matthew, I'm going to show you four scriptures. Matthew 3, 11. Matthew chapter number 3, verse 11. Let's go very quickly. Matthew 3, 11. Matthew 3, 11. Let's read. I indeed baptize you with, that John talking, unto what? Repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. Ah, uh, no, no, no. He will baptize you with, there's a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Listen, he said he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It put me again, Mark, Mark chapter number 1 verse 8. Mark 1 8. Mark 1 8. He said, indeed I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with Okay, the rest is the same. You can put it down. We won't read them. Uh, in the book of Luke, chapter number 3, verse 16, it says the same. Luke 3, 16, it says the same. John, chapter number 1, verse 33, it says the same. Listen. Listen. Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Jesus. Say, Jesus, Jesus. is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. You don't seek the Holy Ghost to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You seek Jesus to be baptized. Yes. Many people are seeking the Holy Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's the wrong way around. You have to seek Jesus to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is it clear? If it's not clear, you can ask me and later I will answer you. Hallelujah. Now, the Holy Ghost does, baptize, does do a baptism. The baptism that the Holy Ghost does is to baptize you into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 13. I want us to read 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I'm just teaching you in the meantime. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Let's read there. <clears throat> he said, For... By one spirit, we were all baptized into one. 
Who does the baptism here? The Holy Spirit. So when you are born again, the Holy Ghost takes you and places you in the body. The word baptism does not, just to, does, does not mean just to immerse. That's all you know, baptism. Baptism means also to join. Yes. When you say you are baptized, it means you have joined. So baptism is not just immersion. Baptism means to join. Because the Bible says they were baptized into the cloud with Moses. So they joined Moses into the cloud. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost does a baptism, but he baptizes you into the body of Christ. What is the condition to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? What is the condition? Can we go to Acts chapter number 2? Acts, condition to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter number 2, verse 38 to 39. Acts 2, 38 to 39. Let's read. The condition to be baptized. One, two, three, let's read. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what is the condition? He said, there is a, there is a kind of a, a wording problem here or a kind of a understanding problem here. Now he said, let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Now, Peter could not say better than this. Yes. The reason Peter couldn't say better than this is because Peter was still confusing the new birth experience and baptism. That was his confusion. Because in Peter's time, there was a baptism of John. And the baptism of John is a baptism to repentance. So when you are baptized, it's a sign that you have repented. So in Peter's understanding, when you are baptized in Jesus, that's where remission of sin takes place. But we know better than Peter. I don't know about you. We know, <laughs> we know better than Peter. Yes. Say, oh, it's the Bible. Yes, we know better than Peter. Yes. Because Peter was still confused between the practice of Judaism and, 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 and the new way. Remember, Peter was the one that was ashamed to eat with the, with the Gentiles. Because he was still traditional in his mind. And, and, and Paul has to rebuke him. Hi. So if you don't know better than Peter, you have a big problem here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Peter answered according to his time. But the Bible says in the end, knowledge shall increase. So we can now answer better than Peter. So if we say, what is the condition to be to receive? We say the condition is to receive Christ. Because when you, when you accept Christ, that's where your sins are forgiven. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 7, it said that we are forgiven. We have obtained the forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Jesus. So when you accept Jesus, the remission of sin has taken place. Because Peter, Peter connected baptism with salvation. Now I have a question. If you receive Jesus in a place and you climb in your car and you die in an accident, do you go to heaven or not? Because you were not baptized yet. What happened to you? Why? Because baptism is not salvation. 
Baptism is necessary, but it's not salvation. Baptism is the outward testimony of the inward work of God in your life. So, so when you get born again, you get baptized. Because outwardly, you testify that you have passed from death to life. So it's very important. When you get born again, you must be baptized. But Peter conditioned the two with salvation. And that's where the problem lies. So for you to receive the Holy Spirit, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And once you have done that, you are a candidate to receive him and you can receive him at any time. You can be baptized at any time. He said, this promise. Let's read it again. Act 2. I want us to read again. Act 2, 38 to 39. He said, for... Is to you, question, question, question. A promise that is fulfilled, is, still, is it still a promise? If I say, I'm going to give you a Bible, and then I give you the Bible, do I still rely on your promise? Because the promise is fulfilled. So remember, Peter says, this is for you, and for your children, not for us, because he has already received his. So Peter was saying, the promise still stands. So for those who have not received Christ yet, it's still a promise. For those who have not been baptized yet, it's still a promise. But for us that have been baptized, it's the fullness. There is no promise anymore. So he said, this promise is for you and your children. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a promise. And God stands by his promise. And the condition for the promise is for you to be in Christ. So once you are in Christ, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my Lord. Don't delay yourself anymore. Yes, don't delay yourself anymore. I'm weeping, I'm crying, I'm, you can do that one. Somebody can also smile receiving. We are not all called to cry. Some are called to cry, some are called to rejoice. I'm among those who are called to rejoice. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when you are born again, you are candidate of that promise. Now there was a miracle in Pentecost. The miracle in Pentecost. Hallelujah. The miracle of Pentecost is the salvation of the first people. Hallelujah. I say the miracle of Pentecost is the salvation of the first people, because salvation was a work that couldn't be done before Jesus was risen. You see, Jesus could preach the gospel, but no one could be born again. People could only be born again after the resurrection. Regeneration takes place only after resurrection. So that's why before resurrection, the Holy Ghost couldn't come. He he came in the Old Testament, but he didn't come to stay in them. He came upon them. Hallelujah. But now in the New Covenant, there is a miracle of Pentecost. Let me take you to the miracle of Pentecost. Acts chapter number 2, verse 40 to 41. Acts 2, 40 to 41. You guys are quiet. Are you thinking? Are you thinking? 
I, I, listen, I can excite you. I know how to do that. And that's not what I want to do. I want you to learn. Because there's so many confusion about the Holy Spirit. Some of you are crying, seeking the Holy Spirit to baptize you. Why you were supposed to call on Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Uh, let's read. And with many other words, it testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from the per- this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 were added to them. 3,000 people were saved. I say 3,000 people were? 3,000 people got life. Hallelujah. I say 3,000 people got life. The Bible says, Jesus says in the book of John chapter number 3, verse 5 to 6, he said, unless one is born of a spirit of water and then the spirit, he cannot, see the king, cannot enter the kingdom. So there's a birth in the spirit. The Bible says, what is flesh is flesh, and what is spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. So when you are born again, you are born of the Spirit, and you are now in the Spirit, and you get baptized with the Holy Ghost to be in power for testimony. So you are not a struggling nothing. Hallelujah. You are a man of the Spirit. No, no. The, the miracle is that in another day, in the Old Testament, 3,000 people died in Exodus 32. In Exodus 32, Moses has gone to the mountain to meet with God. And it was taking so long that the people of Israel decided to make an idol, a golden calf. Then they made it and Moses came down and Moses was angry. And Moses said, who is on the side of the Lord? And the Levite came to him. And he instructed the Levite, go into the camp and kill all these people. They killed 3,000 people. It's in the Bible. They stabbed their own brothers. 3,000 died. But on the day of Pentecost, uh, but on the day of Pentecost, the law of death, sin and death, was dealt with. Now the law of the spirit and life came. So the people, instead of being stabbed to death, were empowered to be in the spirit. So in the day of Pentecost, life came. Life was proclaimed. People were saved. So the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came in to give life. Hallelujah. We are empowered to give life. Remember, the Holy Ghost came to give what? Life. The Holy Ghost came in to give life. 3,000. 3,000 people. The aim of Pentecost is to empower you. Jesus said in the book of Acts, chapter number 1, verse 8. Let's read Acts 1 8. Acts 1 8. He said, But we shall receive what? When the Holy Ghost has come, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. In all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Ghost has come to empower us for the harvest. Mm-hmm. Listen, 
Harvest time is different from seed time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harvest is different from seed time. We are in a generation of harvest. Do you hear what I mean? And God wants to empower you for the harvest. The seed has already been planted. Some of you, you think, we have never heard the gospel. It's many few places, <laughs> places where we have never heard the name of Jesus. But most places have heard. You need to go there and harvest now what we have heard. So God wants to empower you. The Holy Ghost came to empower us for this very harvest. Because it's time for the harvest to come in. You see, I was with, I was working a bit when I was young. We were in a farm. And when it was time to plant, we did it on our own. But when it was time to harvest, we called other people. <laughs> you don't check what I'm saying. So planting time, you don't need so many. Harvest time, you need, Jesus said, Pray for the master of harvest to bring in laborers for the harvest is plenty. So God doesn't want to empower just few people right now. Mm -hmm. There was a time of Catherine Kuhlman where it was a time of planting. You needed one Catherine Kuhlman. You needed one Rena Bonke. But now it's a time of a harvest. The body of Christ needs to stand up. Oh, you don't check what I'm saying. I said, the time of a harvest is not the time of the generals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Holy Ghost will not just come on generals anymore. It will come on the grassroots so that the workers may go into the field. We are nostalgic of the time of the generals because we are still in the time of seed planting. Yes. Yes. Catherine Kuhlman planted the seed of the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. But now the harvest has come. Hallelujah. And you, you hear what I'm saying? They all died. Yes, Rina Boke was the last one that died now. No, no, no. They, they all died. The apostle planted the seed. They all died. But now the harvest has come. So it's not about the names anymore. It's about who is available. God is not looking for people that are exceptional. God is looking for people that are available and usable. Yes, we are in a generation where anyone that avails himself, he will be used by God like never before. You just need to be available in this assignment. Yes. God needs people in the mall. He won't come to take the bishop in the mall. He will take you in the mall. Maybe the bishop is too big to go to the mall. He will go there with bodyguards, but you can walk in the mall without bodyguards. It's a, it's a time for the church. Somebody say it's a time for the church. I say it's a time for the church. This empowerment is for the church. 
Yes, that's why I say, don't cheat yourself with this thing of, I must cry, cry before I get baptized. The harvest is so full. Everybody, baptize, go, baptize. You see, when Corona came, we were looking for nurses. Some doctors were not working very time, they called them back. Because when the abundance is there, you don't need anything. You need. So heaven is standing right now and saying, who shall I send and who shall go for us? I say, who shall I send and who shall go for us? As I was there, he said, here I am, Lord. I'm not a, a big man, but here I am. I am available. I say, I am available and I'm usable. Hey, I am available and I'm usable. Don't just be available. Be usable also. You know, I was, I was tightening up something on the bike of my son. And I said to my son, bring me the tool. And he brought me some tools that were available. When I tried to tighten it, it's not the right tool. So the tools were available, but not usable. <laughs> so the preparation we are talking about is not for you to be baptized. Because the baptism will happen. The preparation we are talking about is for you to be usable. The harvest is plenty. Say the harvest is plenty. But few are the workers. Are you going to be one of the workers today in this harvest? I say, are you going to be one of the workers in this harvest field? Woo! And the Holy Ghost is hovering over us right now. And Jesus has sent the Holy Ghost for every heart that is open to receive the baptism. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it changes everything. My God, it changes everything. It makes even your shadow powerful. It makes your presence noticeable. Yes. It makes your presence noticeable. You'll be sitting in a coffee and a demon-possessed person will manifest. Not because you prayed, but because there's a sound that emanates from you. The sound emanates from... Let's read Act 2. I want to show you something. Act chapter number 2. I want to show you something. Hmm. Act 2. Let's read from verse 1. Let's read. When the day of Pentecost has come, they were all together with one accord. In one, okay, one accord means they were expecting the same thing. Eh? Yes. Yes. I say yes. They were expecting the same thing. So it was the expectation that was the accord. That's why people say, unless we all come to unity, God cannot move. I say, who told you so? The unity is not, I like you. The unity is that we all expect one thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Otherwise, God will never come. Yes, God will never come. It's almost impossible for everybody to like everybody. 
Can I be honest with you? I might love everybody, but I don't like them all. <laughs> People think Christianity is dishonesty. And because we are not honest, we are beaten by Satan. So we are all together with one accord. So is the expectation, the one thing that we have today, is that we are all expecting a move of the Holy Spirit. I, I said, are we all expecting the move of the Holy Ghost? Then we are in one accord in this house. Yes, I said, then we are in one accord in the house. What God asked, he said, if two are together and agree, they agree on one thing, it shall be done. The people of the tour of Babel, they didn't like each other, all of them, but they all had one mind. They wanted to build a tower. If you understand that principle, we'll create a canopy of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Where the Holy Ghost will swim in because our expectation is right. Now, the problem we have is that unless the Holy Ghost comes and changes us, we cannot love one another. But we want to love one another so that he can come. But he's coming to change our hearts. So let's accept him first. Then he will do the work in us. Are we expecting one thing? Yes. I say, are we expecting one thing in the house? Yes. Uh, do we want a manifestation of God's power in this house? Yes. They say they were all in one accord. Let's carry on. And suddenly, there came what? A sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were seated. Okay? Stop there. Don't take it out there. Just, I want to say something. What do you think, where do you think the sound went? When the sound came in the house with the wind, where did they go? They went inside of it. Each one received a sound. And each one received the wind. They were loaded with sounds and loaded with power of winds. The Bible says, I will make my servant like flames of fire and my angel like winds. Hallelujah. So they say, the sound came and the winds came and, 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 and let's see what happened. There they appeared to them, divided tongue of as of fire, and sat, and one sat upon each of them. You know, when I was studying the, 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 the people that, that knows the language, they said when the fire came in, it, it didn't come divided. It came as a pillar. And then it divided itself. Because the same pillar that was with the Egyptian in the wilderness, with, with the people of God in the wilderness, that's the same pillar that came in that day again. Because that pillar that was with them 
was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. So the disciples were acquainted with the Holy Ghost being a pillar of fire. So when he came in, they recognized the Spirit has come. Now, if he stood as a pillar, he will be alone. Then he divided himself so that he can send on top of one, each one of them. Listen, there were 120. He sat on each one of them. Meaning, you can't be disqualified. I say you can't be disqualified. The Holy Ghost sat on each one of them. And then when the tongue of fire connected to the tongue in their mouth, they start to speak in an unknown tongue. So tonight, God says, I need people. I say, God say, I need people. Now, the amazing thing is that there was, there was a resting that came on God that day. David said to God, come to your resting place. Have you read the scripture? He said, oh Lord, come to your... But you know that God never rested in that place. Because God was not meant to live in buildings made by men. God wanted to live in building made by himself. So since the book of Genesis, until the book of Acts, God was looking for a temple in which to dwell. So the day of Pentecost, because they were already regenerated, born again, and their spirit was in line with God, God came and dwelt in them. The beauty of it is that you are a carrier of the divine nature. So from today on, you carry the presence of God. God does not just visit you, you carry his presence. No, you need to understand that, that you are a carrier of God's presence. The Holy Ghost dwells in you and came upon you to empower you for the work that he has called you. You, you walk around with, with heaven at home in you. You walk around with the fullness of heaven inside of you. Not only inside of you, but upon you so that you can do the work that he has called you to do. You are not a cheap man. I say you are not a cheap man. You are ordained by God. I say you are ordained by God. Say I am ordained by God. Say, I'm a carrier of God's grace. I'm a carrier of God's power. I walk around with the power of God inside of me. I walk around with the glory of God inside of me. I am a man ordained by God. And the spirit of the Lord dwells in me. And he has come upon me. Ooh. Today you can receive. If you are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's up to you today. You can lift up your hands and suddenly, you start to flow in a known tongue because the Holy Ghost will give you that utterance tonight. Because I say the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but few are the workers. Few are the workers. How many times would you call Evangelist Corbis to pray for you when you are sick? How many Corbis we have in our midst? Hallelujah. Amen. How many evangelists Israel we have? Huh? How many sister uh, Zanele we have? Giving their lives for the city. And all the other people are going to KFC and eating. <laughs> Drive fruits. And then they come to church and they jump. And then when they go home, they are like chickens. <laughs> they just sleep. 
you need to flex your muscles tonight. I say you need to flex your muscles tonight. And say, enough is enough. I'm a carrier of God's glory. I say, enough is enough. You are a carrier of the power of God. Something is changing. I say, something is changing. We are about to run up. Something is changing. God is looking for people that are harvesters. I say, God is looking for you tonight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? The time to harvest has come. And few are the workers. And God is calling out to the laborers tonight that are able to go into the field and say, Lord, not according to my strength, but let your spirit come upon me. Look, the Holy Ghost came in the Old Testament. One man, Samson, killed a thousand Philistines. He took the gate of a city, a man. I say a man. He took the gate of a city. And then it was done. This thing that I'm telling you, Jesus said it in John chapter number 12, verse 14. Uh, John 14, 12. He said, verily I tell you, that he that believes in me will do the works that I do. But even greater works than this he shall do because I'm going to the Father. Why is he going? To bring the Holy Spirit. We are satisfied with a little. I say we are satisfied with little. The church today has become the laughing stock of the people out there. Why? Because there's no power in the church anymore. People don't want us to talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. They say, no, just talk about Jesus. We love Jesus. We love who? Because all the lovers of Jesus manifest power. You didn't hear what I'm saying. They manifest his being. They manifest his presence. The church needs to wake up. The church needs to stop, stop being a sleeping giant. We are running away like everybody else. People are so afraid that they can't even touch their own hands anymore. Fear has come upon us. I must, let me say it again, you didn't get it. I say you are so afraid, you can't even touch your own hands. Come from town. He said, You shall set your hands on the sick and they shall recover. This hand, the devil is corrupting these hands. Listen, let me tell you something. The agenda of the devil is telling you to be afraid of your hand. But God says, I have put power in your hands. But you know what? You know what? There is two things that the devil is doing he's closing our mouth and he's destroying our hands. So you might put a physical thing here, but not let your spiritual mouth be closed. Yes, yes, yes. You might sanitize your hand, but don't let the Holy Ghost be sanitized. <laughs> don't let the Holy Ghost be washed away. I say the power of God is for you tonight. 
I say the power of God is for you tonight. Tonight, something can change in your spirit. You can become violent in the spirit and say, no more. I say, no more. Come on, no more. No more. I'm praying that the very church of Jesus Christ may be an answer to the coronavirus. You hear what I'm saying? Corona is real. It's here. But they need somebody to stand up and be an answer to Corona. And the Holy Ghost wants to empower you tonight. I said the Holy Ghost wants to empower you tonight. He wants to come upon you and he wants to empower you so that you can go and preach this gospel of salvation to all creation. It's time. Say to your neighbor, it's time. It's time. It is time. It is time. God wants to recruit people for a time such as this. You know, sometimes I think and I say, Lord, Jesus said it's better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come. So it means that Jesus was saying, the presence of the Holy Ghost is better than my physical presence. So when Jesus will, don't stop saying, I wish I was there when Peter, Jesus was on earth. No, there is, Jesus said it's better now that he goes because if he does not go, the Holy Ghost will not come. But when the Spirit has come, he said he will teach you in all faith. He will lead you when the Holy Ghost comes. He will take you from one step to another one. The time for the church to wake up has come. The time for the church to be in power has come. This is the time of revival. I want the worship team to come. It's a time for revival. I say it's a time for revival. Stop being afraid. Yes. Stop being afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. The Holy Ghost is with you. I say the Holy Ghost is with you. You just need to know your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is present in your life right now. And he wants to baptize you with fire so that you may go and burn. I say you may go and burn. You see, if you are not burning, no one will look at you. If Moses, when he went to the mountain in Exodus 3, if Moses had seen a cow standing there, he wouldn't turn to look at it twice because he knew what it is. If, if it was just a bush, he wouldn't worry. But he saw a bush. <laughs> he saw a bush that was burning, but not just burning, not consuming. If a church does not become a burning bush, no one will turn to look at us. We will become common and normal people. And no one will turn to look at us. Tonight, God wants to make it so nice, so nice, so, so that people can turn and look at you. It's time for you to have steps of giants. Hallelujah. I say it's time for you to have the steps of a giant. I say it's time for you. Are you, are you angry enough? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you hungry enough? Are you angry with the devil and hungry enough for the Holy Ghost tonight? 
I say, do, are, are, you, are, you, are you angry that he has turned you into a laughing stock, but now you are hungry enough to ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit? It's a time for you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Listen, maybe you say, I was baptized before. Yes, but it does not stop there. You can have a fresh baptism again. Hallelujah. I say you can have a fresh baptism tonight. You can have a fresh baptism. And the Bible says that while Peter was talking, the Spirit came in. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost comes in, and we need to discern what he's doing at this time. The Holy Ghost is coming in right now to touch people and turn them into harvesters, people that will go to harvest. I say the time we are in high times. We are in high times. God will not prepare you for 10 years now before using you. God can call you today and use you tomorrow. You know what I mean? You will not wait for 10 years. There is no time for that anymore. That time is past. Now is the time of calling you, equipping you, and releasing you right there. It's not, there's no time to wait, to wait anymore. There's no time to waste, and there's no time to wait. Some of you are sitting here, I'm still being prepared. Get out. Until your preparation is finished, we are gone. <laughs> Jesus has come, we are gone. And you are being prepared. <laughs> it's time for you to do what you are, called, you are called to do. I say it's time. This is a Pentecost that marks the beginning of, of, the, of the end of the end. You must understand that this Pentecost mark is a very important Pentecost in the spirit because we are entering a season where the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ is lifting up his eyes to wait for the bridegroom because the bridegroom is coming. The groom is coming. The groom is coming. I say the groom is coming. He has, he, he has sent the Holy Spirit to prepare us for a time such as this. And it's time for you to harvest. For a long time, the church has waited. And the church has delayed. Every year we say next year will be the greater revival. Every year we prophesy the greatest revival is coming. And until when are we going to do that? Until when are we going to push events? It's time now for you to stand up and be who God wants you to be. I, I, I say that eternal life is inside of you. You can stand up today and be who God has called you to be. Today you can be baptized with fire of the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. Do you, do, do, are you candidate for that? You can be baptized with fire of the Holy Spirit right now and your life will no longer be the same in terms of power and manifesting power. I was challenged by a man. He went to a country is dead now, unfortunately. And when he got there, he said, I didn't come for the cripple, I didn't come for the blind, I came for the dead. He said, what alcohol is that? He said, bring me your dead. They brought him a man, a man that was dead for many days. People that told the story were fine, they said, even the flies that were on him were dead. <laughs> That's how dead the guy was. <laughs> I brought that dead man and the man lifted up his hands and he started to sing Amazing Grace. 
and they say the fly got back first. <laughs> and then the men rose. There are dimensions in the spirit that we need to access. Hallelujah. It's not about people fail. No, it's not about people who spoke in tongues. It's about people are unleashed in their destinies. It's about people bearing fruit for Christ. It's about people standing up to be the men that God has called them to be. And I want to challenge you tonight to that reality. That there is greater than what we know. I say there is greater than what you know. If you are not challenged to your call tonight, I don't know when you will be challenged again. You are, there is greater. You know that God has made you for a time such as this. Don't be like Esther. Because Esther wants to run away from the assignment. And the Bible says that, uh, that, that, uh, that Mordecai said to Esther, maybe it's for a time such as this that God has brought you into the kingdom. But if you keep quiet, deliverance will come from elsewhere. But you and your house, you will perish. Maybe it's for a time such as this that you were born again. Maybe it's for a time such as this that you were born from your mother's womb. If you keep quiet for a time such as this, God will raise somebody else. Deliverance will come from elsewhere. He said, if you keep quiet, the stone will shout. I don't want to be there and the stones are shouting. I want, to, I want to shut the mouth of the stone as long as I live. If I'm not living anymore, the stone can shout. But I don't want this generation to miss on appointment, to miss on destiny. You have a generation of people that will see the Messiah coming. You have a generation that will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Who, blessed be the name of the one who come uh, to, uh, to come uh, to, to the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Hebrew people say it very beautiful. Blessed be the name of the one who comes. Are we going to be respond to the call? for this generation? Or are we going still to sit there, play between me? Are we going to sit there and see the devil destroying people around us? Are we going to be people that will take on this assignment tonight? And please, don't dare walk out. Are you going to be somebody that will take on this assignment and say, listen, I am called for this generation. I am called for this generation and God says, you want to baptize me with the Holy Spirit so that I may do what he has called me to do. I'm not saying that you will stand on a stage like when Abon came. Maybe not. But where may you work? There are people. It's not about the stage. It's about where God has planted you. It's not about the field. It's about your field. It's about your family. Are you able to rescue your own family? What kind of husband are you? What kind of wife are you? Are you able? The Holy Ghost we are talking about is not the Holy Ghost to just go to Zambia. It's the Holy Ghost to go to your house. You want to go to Zambia, but your own house is being destroyed. You and your wife don't talk to each other anymore. But you are a missionary. This Holy Ghost I'm talking about, it starts at home, people. I say it starts at home. If this generation does not understand that the Holy Ghost starts at home, we are doomed. This is the Holy Ghost I'm talking about. Empowered to live a life, a sacrificial life for Christ. This is the new generation of youth that I'm looking at. 
that are dying on the altar of the world. People that love a nightclub more than the presence of God. People that are more excited about what the world offers them than what God offers them. People that say the Bible is boring, but they can sit in front of a movie for three hours. And yet, we are the generation. We are the generation. We are the generation. I said, we are the generation that will see the Messiah come. And what are we doing with our time today? What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our time? Where is our priority? Where is the priority, people? God needs you. Don't say, God does not need me. He needs you. People say, no, God does not need us. If he didn't need us, he wouldn't create us. I say, if he didn't need us, he wouldn't create us. God does not create things that he does not need. He needs us. And I'm looking at you, and you've been wasting your time in things that you shouldn't waste your time in. And forgiveness for what? Your heart is full of things that you shouldn't be full of. God is calling you. And he's making his appeal for me tonight to say he wants a generation of people that are set on fire. That can say, I set myself on fire so that people can come and see me burning. It's a generation that God is looking for. South Africa will change if we set ourselves on fire. There is no need to criticize President Cyril Ramaphosa. As far as I am concerned, he's not born again. He needs to prove that to us. So why do you waste your time criticizing a man that does not hear from God? And we say we are Christian. We are still hating one another. I love what a pastor says. He said the animals have understood something that we humans didn't understand. He said you will not see dog fighting because one is white, one is black. Even the dogs don't fight because of their color. But human beings are fighting because of their colors. A male dog knows this is a male dog I don't go with. But human beings don't know who is male anymore. You can say it's headfish. But I have to tell the words. In the animal kingdom, female with male. But in the, in the, in the kingdom of men, they say, don't talk about it anymore. We are so confused. We are confused. We are confused. Yeah, we are confused. We are confused. Who, who, will be, who will be like Anna tonight? The generation of Anna that will go at the altar to give birth to Samuel. God is looking for Annas in the house. A people that can, that can ignore their pain and stand in for somebody else. God is looking for that type of people tonight. God is looking. And God is, the heart of God is crying. 
The heart of God is crying, is weeping over a generation that is wasting his time. God is looking for you. I say, God is looking for you. Stop giving me excuses. I'm not ready. You are. You don't know you are ready. God wants his army to stand up tonight and he will pour his spirit on them. God wants them to stand up and he will pour his spirit on them. Father, where are these people that are able to cry in your presence for his generation that is being destroyed? Where are these mothers, Lord, that like Anna can go to the altar and groan in the spirit for Samuel to be born? Lord, where are the young men like Joseph that even in the prison he refused to compromise? When he was offered to, to sleep with a lady, he said, no, I will not do that. We have a young people that today can stand and say, you know what? I refuse to buy into the last full habit of this world. Even if TV offers me that, I run away like Joseph. Father, where are these young people? Father, where are these elderly men that will be like Simeon? That will say, the Lord told me I will not die until I see the Messiah coming. And that elder man stayed in the temple of God. He was moved by the Spirit at his age. And he met the Messiah at the temple. And he said, now my eyes have seen your promise, Lord. And you can dismiss your servant in peace. We're looking for, for the Simeon in this generation. We're looking for the Annas in this generation. We're looking for the Simeon for the Annas. We're looking for the Joseph in this generation. God is looking. Today is Pentecost. God is looking for the Joseph in this generation. Joseph is not just about the money. It's about the character of a man. Many people say they are Joseph because of business. But they don't know what it takes to be a Joseph. The character is number one in Joseph. It's not the money. It's the character first. Father, I'm looking for the young people. I'm looking for those who knows that this is the time for them. I'm looking for them. Oh God, where are they, Lord? Where are they, Lord? People that can say like Isaiah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not qualified, but send me. Lord, I don't, I'm not sure about my qualification, but I am willing and I'm usable. Here I am, Lord, send me. I'm looking for these people that can stand up and say, Lord, where I am? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Stop looking. I am here. Send me and pour out your spirit upon me. Empower me for this assignment because I cannot do it on my own. It's time to stop playing church. It's time to stop playing church. It's time to be relevant. God is calling you to be relevant. God is calling you to be relevant to your community. God is calling you to be relevant to your people. God is calling you to be relevant wherever you are. God is calling to be relevant. God wants you to be relevant with your kids. Your kid has never heard you praying. Your kid don't see you reading your Bible and you want to teach them to read the Bible. Have I seen you praying for them at night when they are sleeping? Have I seen you putting your hands upon them and calling forth the men of God or the women of God inside of them? 
We want to set up the example, but we don't know how. You know, when I was going up, something touched me. At this day, I became rebellious in my life. And my father was a pastor. 5 a.m. in the morning, I will hear my name in his room. I think daddy is calling me. When I go there, he's on his knees, he's praying for me. He said, Lord, I commit my son into your hands. He said, Lord, don't let my son go. And I was so touched and so moved by what my father was doing that it changed my life. We criticize our children more than the people outside. We have a bad impression, a negative image on our children. But God is saying, I want parents that can go on their knees for their children. I want a generation of people that can go on their knees for other people. We speak against people more than we speak for people. Pentecost, God wants to overwhelm us with his power. And if you are here and you feel this is me, while we sing, you can sit or you can lift up your hands or you can stand on your feet. And you can cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't go on my own. Baptize me with your spirit. And you will see what is going to happen in the room. <laughs>